It's the Soul Material Podcast. The podcast to cheer for. With your boy, the OGEL. And T-Mark, the Street Shark. Sneaker beers talk from up, down, and all around. 360 worldwide DMV representatives. Clarity over popularity. Let's get it. Let's go. Let's start the show. building soul material it's t mark the street shark and your man the og eo himself all right we're back at you one more time for another episode um this time we're you know just catching up on uh recent events um what's going on in the world the nba season is um coming down to an end so now we're talking about next year and what's happening what's happening over the summer what moves are going to be made what's the draft but uh Let's talk some business that's happening um, um, over the over the summer because you know someone like uh, Kyrie Irving. Well, looks like uh, Nike after the end of the season, Nike's deciding to say this the end of the road, <laughs> um, and the contract's not going to get renewed. So um, little things like that. We just wanted to peel back the layers and discuss how we got here. Definitely, because I think the key thing with the Kyrie situation. Is, um, I just thought it would be a good time for us to discuss possibly the ins and outs of Kyrie's um, erratic behavior, not personally, but um, his um, behavior technically being available on the court because you cannot deny his talent at all. And um, historically, just talk about some of the sneaker deals that you and I recall in the 80s, 90s, even 2000s. Um, that may have ended prematurely in some of our favorite signature shoes and even rank Kyrie as far as where his line goes because um with all that being said um Kyrie had the most popular kid shoe um for the past um couple of years easily and um there was a study somewhere and I forgot who conducted it um that said on a basketball court if you went to just you know a regular inner city um you had 10 guys on the court um at least 20 percent of those guys meaning meaning four of them were wearing Kyrie so that's how um I guess important he's been to Nike particularly post um Kobe Bryant and the popularity of his shoes. Yeah, I mean, and it was a big deal when it was announced that he was going to be a, a signature athlete because he didn't come into the league um, as a signature athlete. He kind of, um, I, I felt rightfully so, earned it a little bit. Um, and then um, it was like the next chapter unfolding that they, and I think the timing of, you know, Kobe, um, coming to the end of his career where LeBron was at at, at that time and because they had always been packaging Katie, LeBron, and Kobe together. Um, and they just needed another wave of, of signature athletes, you know, and Paul George or somebody like that wasn't going to, you know, fill that void, um, at, at least not by himself, um, you know. So I think uh, when uh, Kyrie stepped on the scene and, you know, it was such hype because LeBron had just got back to Cleveland. Mm-hmm. Um, so there were more national uh, televised games. Um, the games uh, meant more. Um, and then, um, like we've talked about in other episodes, you got to have those some of those signature moments in order to catapult yourself, uh, like performances, that is. Like you have to have a, you know, 
um, the debut of the Kyrie ones. Where, when did they debut it? At Madison Square Garden. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, when he had a bomb game that night. Mm-hmm. So, you know, like things like that uh, come into play uh, to get you off the ground. And then, wow, you know. So his second shoe, you win the championship. You hit a monumental shot. Um, I don't even feel like the second shoe was his best shoe, but that was the very popular shoe just because of the, the moment. Understood. So what happened between the time of Uncle Drew and now to where Nike's saying, you know what, we're good when Kyrie is arguably about to hit his peak or his prime, as they say? I, you know, is this the shark telling you that they jumped the shark? <laughs> um, and it was – it's not that they were running out of ideas. It's they were running out of security of hmm. like what is Kyrie going to be in the future. I think that the pandemic and the way that um, it was handled, as much as they wanted to support him and his team did, you know, it was kind of dragged on <laughs> too long. And at the end of the day, endorsement deals are meant to you, know, you got to play the games, um, you know, in order for it to for both sides to their their just due to, to make sure that they get the equity out of it that they invested in it, right? A return on investment. So um, so now you're, what does your return on investment look like for the future? Um, and um, at the end of the day, there's a process that it takes to, you know, create the next shoe and the next shoe and the next shoe, um, which is why they had to make these announcements now because the next shoe was already made by now, mm-hmm. um, you know? So that's why they say, well, the next is the last because they're not going to go through that process again. And like you had mentioned, he has a, High uh, sales f- and with uh, with kids in the youth market, um, and that was by design. He was he filled that role um, by design again, where they have you know uh, a takedown model um, that's cheaper, more affordable, but does perform very well. Sometimes, you know, some of those statistics that you're looking at probably the Kyrie lows or which is the Kyrie the alternate ones, mm-hmm. um, not just the drop down of the the signature, um, but like the what is it? Fly knit. I mean, um, forgot what they call it. Fly trap or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, what they call um, is a takedown model. Um, and that is just another sign of where they had. Remember, I think we talked about it before. How like Paul Pierce used to only have his only have kid shoes at the retail level. Um, and same thing with Paul George a little bit. A lot of kids were wearing uh, Paul George shoes. Um, so. You know they needed that, um, and they feel and and Kyrie had the personality. We didn't even have uh, you know Uncle Drew was a character, um, you know. And um, it, the irony is that didn't always translate to a commercial or an ad or something like that. But you know Kyrie kind of knew how to play on that because Uncle Drew came from Pepsi, actually. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know what I'm saying? And then that got translated into a brand within itself. Uh, they had made a movie about it. Um, so, I mean, Kyrie, you know, I think he's proven that he moves to a beat of his own <laughs> of his own drum. Um, there was some, um, ever since he left Cleveland, it, it's it's just a, it's going to happen next because you know, that play on the court in Boston wasn't Kyrie, you know, there wasn't even a flash. Um, you know, he had too many injuries um, um, as well that were just nagging. And then now um, Brooklyn has so much potential. And then, you know, look what Nike did. They they did hybrids of, of KD and Kyrie, you know, like two years in a row. Mm-hmm. Um, you know what I'm saying? So, like, that's how much they invested in it. And I think that that's why that's the jumping of the shark because the, the, those weren't as – 
I don't. They don't look like they sold <laughs> um, 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 as well. They, they didn't sell out because half of them are still around. Um, so you know, but uh, and I'm saying that compared to like the the Mamba mentality where he does his mm-hmm. collab with mm-hmm. uh, uh, with the Kobe uh, his brand that diminishing returns because it was hot when it, when they first did it and he kind of keep doing it with the Bruce Lee and everything mm-hmm. like that and then it just don't feel the same no more. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not even. Uh, not even the what does and you know what i'm saying you know like you i don't care how many what does there are you still like are intrigued by that that concept um of the hybrid but you didn't it seemed low force it didn't it didn't feel natural and um you know it's just my personal opinion but i know that performance wise they still perform well well um, you know katie i mean uh Kyrie's and Kobe's, you know dominate the the NBA courts, especially those Kyrie Lowe's, like the real ones. Um, you know, those were, I think, uh, you know, someone like Victor Oladipo in the playoffs. He's been rocking them a lot and um, a lot of other players. But, yeah, I mean. With me, I never care for Kyrie's shoes because I have a very wide foot and they fit a little bit too snug for my Flintstone foot. Playing devil's advocate, um, my discontent with Nike given how they have done athletes historically that have been quote-unquote rebels, i.e. Charles Barkley, um, as a potential way of using his his lack of commitment or his volatile ways, if you will, be kind of for him and for the company. Um, don't know how to kind of twist and turn that just yet, but in the past, Nike has been um, great marketing just geniuses or using the right people or the right agencies for that, um, particularly given that Again, Kyrie's shoes are still very popular and still selling. And I'm just intrigued because, you know, from a business standpoint, Tony, they're saying we can give this bag to someone else. So I'm wondering who they already have in mind as their next flagship point guard or athlete um, that's going to be better than a Kyrie is. I'm talking about just performance alone. Now, availability, volatility, so forth. But my discontent is that Kyrie unlike other folks who have lost sneaker deals or had them expire and say we're not going to renew, he's done nothing illegal. He hasn't done anything criminal. Um, he's a different kind of cat. Most people are if you get to really get to know them or they let themselves be known. Um, but I'm just kind of disappointed in that because um, I'm not sure what the future holds for Kyrie. He probably doesn't either. And usually Nike would capitalize off of that with some great um, marketing schemes and so forth. So his next team and so forth. Um, I still think he is um, top 10 best player in the league. And like we discussed before, Tony, I think he is the most skilled player outside of his actual teammate um, in basketball right now. So um, Kyrie is such an easygoing dude. And he's so free floating and whatever you want to call him. Probably just shutting his shoulders, like okay, fine, whatever. I, I got money, but to me, it's a little bit more than that. Given the impact he's had, particularly um, with uh, as you mentioned before, um, the kid shoes. But I'm just intrigued to see who else this bag is going to go to, who else Nike is going to invest as, as I dare say, their top guard or top point guard um, as far as shoe and marketing and clothing going forth. Yeah. So one thing I'll say is from what I've read about this situation is. Right now, Nike is saying we won't make any more new shoes. That doesn't mean they're going to stop selling what they already have. Um, so, um, and 
We're only talking about shoes and not apparel. Um, so there still may be some apparel here and there, um, you know, and that's kind of how the, you, you fade to black, you know what I mean? And for our audience, you know, I just wanted to give that layer, you know, that this isn't a hard stop. This is a, you know, we're phasing, we're looking at what the next phase be. So that's why it's a great transition for that question uh, that you're intrigued about, Kev. And I think we learn who that next person is. Um, and that person's name is John Morant because hmm. um, he showed up and showed out hmm. this year in the playoffs. And it's all they got to do is stay healthy and not uh, jump around too much on those knees like that. But that's going to be another thing um, to get him to, uh, you know, invest in the longevity. But um, I think that that's who we're we're looking at right now because someone like a you know his wave of you know he didn't come in in that exact class but I'm just gonna put him in there with the Trey Young um, and Luka Doncic mm-hmm. because Trey you got your signature over at Adidas Luka you just debuted your um, uh, Jordan brand signatures this year during the playoffs um, so you know Zion Williamson we we haven't seen you in a while but you have a signature shoe and. Another one coming um, for the next season. So, all right, the at wave. So again, Zion, Ja, you know, um, uh, again, Zion walked into the league getting the signature. Uh, ja, you had to earn yours a little bit, but I, I think that he's next in line. And uh, and Nike needs to give him some shoes because uh, he'd be wearing all them Kobe's. And if anyone's paying attention, some uh, you know little moment because one of those what was it fours? I think it was the prelude ones weren't yep. exactly. Yep. Legit, legit. Yep. So, who's your, um, you know, your plug over there in Memphis, dog? We gotta get you some authentics, which is why if I'm working at Nike, I'm I'm looking at him fly through the air, and then he don't even have on the super authentic joints. Um, you know, I'm running to make sure that he's laced. Um, why aren't you? Why is he buying his own shoes right now? You know, just to go get all those old KD fours and everything like that. Like, you gotta you hook that man up. <laughs> you know what I mean? So. Um, but yeah, I think Jaws the next guy, um, and um, and when and that's why I said when we're looking at Kyrie, it's a, you know, we're phasing, we're looking at what the next phase is, and the requirement for an endorsement like this means that you perform and play, and because you didn't play, you know, or, you know, and you had the, you know. You literally didn't perform. You you didn't. You chose not to because of whatever reason. But the the basis of this deal that was made long ago says that you need to be in games on TV and you need to be seen uh, performing in these shoes. And if you're not seen, then everyone has the right to say we want somebody that's going to be seen and actually, you know, execute the contract uh, the way that it was intended. Um, so, but at the end of the day, that's the business part um, of, of the conversation. But, you know, Kyrie, he still is growing in his game. He can get so much better. Even those couple games that he came back, it was just like a regular person couldn't come back and just jump in like he did um, and do what he did. Um, so that's why, you know, we still got to give Kyrie his props. But um, at the end of the day, you know, he's not LeBron or Kobe. He wasn't pulling those numbers. So you, you're not getting a lifetime deal. Really quick, because you said something I want to pull back on real quick. Um, I am uh, very good friends with Grant Holloway, um, who's from 757 Chesapeake area, who, who won silver um, Olympic medal in track um, this past Olympics. He had a situation in which um, he had someone actually custom um, paint his Adidas 
that he was going to wear on the track. And an Adidas representative stopped him an hour before saying, you can't wear those. So um, the thing as far as making sure um, what guys are wearing, it's not only authentic, but also um, very detailed and exact to what can be bought or what is available. Um, that's definitely a real thing. So I want you to put that out there because that's definitely a real thing. So when Ja got away with that, I was like, ooh, is this another moment like we talked about before with um, Big Boy back in the day getting, you know, his his his, his trunk sales on and fashion, you know, stuff that I was like, ooh, I'm not sure if those are authentic or what have you. But um, everything with Kyrie wanted to just do what we do and kind of rank the best your shoes by point guards of all time. Um, and with me, 90s team, if you got to, I'm putting Penny Hardaway up there at the top at, at some point in time. Um, Penny Hardaway shoe, particularly um, the twos and the fours. I got those before I got the latest Jordan release. Um, so um, I think about Penny. I loved um, what Gary Payton did, that short reign that he had um, at Nike. And those are still um, iconic. Of course, what Jason Kidd did with the zooms and um, with the flight posit. Um, I'm thinking of other point guards overall, not just at Nike. Um, we talked um, before, Tony, when all this became on the news, we didn't have Kyrie even in the top 10 as far as all-time guards with the sneaker releases and with a six-nature sneaker. And I was like, wow, what other nine-point guards were better than Kyrie's line um, the past 30 years? He was like, oh, I can name a lot. I mean, and and let me just say, because I'm really counting guards, um, just in general, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, I, 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 I can't put Kyrie over Gary Payton. Um, definitely can't put him over Gary Payton. Um, um, who else? We, you, you mentioned Jason Kidd. You know, the, are you in between Gary Payton and Jason Kidd? Um, you know, because it's these monumental moments, and I still like lean towards Jason Kidd a little bit more because you had more impact. Um, you know, um, and you got, you got Iverson, of course. Yeah. Oh, of course. AI. AI was, you know, yeah. It went, and even with the, their stories of AI with the Reebok and the compliance officers um, having to chase him down because he didn't, he wanted to wear what he wanted to wear, even though they were Reeboks or whatever, you know, but there, there was a certain colorway. You just couldn't make him wear the stuff um, um, unless he co-signed it. You know what I mean? So, um, and then, you know, there's plenty of other guards, you know, like, Oh, I start naming signature guards or whatever because you know I put Kyrie over Marbury <laughs> and the and one, but if you was living during the and one mixtape era, like I'm sorry, mm-hmm. but you would they would be debatable. Yep, um, you know, especially those first two Marberries, mm-hmm. the first two. Um, mm-hmm. You know, like I don't know. That's that's, that's like the asterisk that you put on the the red and white and one Thai cheese because Vince, Vince Carter won them in the dunk contest, but it's just like, you know, that was a moment attached to the shoe that makes the shoe better. Um, and oh. how do you think Steph, as far as um, him not being a part of one of the three major brands and people assuming maybe after his second contract that was so low that he would jump to a Nike or Adidas or Reebok and him sticking with um, the companies with right now with Under Armour well, and actually making them like a signature for him. Under, Car- Under Armour gave him the opportunity because you know, again, Steph is an- another one of those players that didn't walk into the league with a um, a signature shoe. He had to earn it. He got some PEs. He got some House of Hoops um, uh, PEs that would, when he was with Nike, uh, especially when the Hyperfuse 
um, she started coming out. He had a couple of those, but you know, what do we talk about performance? Well, go with the non-performance because he had chronic ankle injuries and you just couldn't couldn't do anything about it. Mm. Um, but then all of a sudden he um, goes over to un- Under Armour. They you know cook up some stuff special for him, and then all of a sudden yeah, your ankle problems ain't the same anymore um, because. It wasn't a shoe that they slapped your logo on um, and said it's, it's yours. They made something for him. Um, and then they gave him the autonomy. Because there's the, the famous uh, um, stories about the pitches um, to Steph, you know, and his dad really saying, like, you know, Steph, like, Nike, they didn't respect him. Mm. The fact of the matter is they had KD's name on on the slideshow. They forgot to change the name on the slideshow. Oh, I remember reading um, about that. And that's why Steph, you know, is just like, whatever. And then Under Armour through uh, Baysmore, um, you know, they knew that his contract was ending with Nike. Um, and in Baysmore, he was part of the deal. That's why he has uh, ownership. Uh, he has a percentage of, of Under Armour just because of him being able to broker the deal with Steph, mm-hmm. where they would just send so much stuff to the locker room. Then came be like, hey, uh, here's some sweatsuits. You might want to check those out. You know, they're pretty warm or feel comfortable or whatever. What you think? I mean, then you know, with the philanthropic nature of what they, you know, he's gotten to do and grow with the brand and give back to community um, and have special projects and really, you know, break the mold on the commercial side, you know, and and add the philanthropy back, you know, and story and a couple more storytelling. It don't even matter, you know. If the silhouettes all, you know, translate on and off the court, you know what I mean, the sales um, because of what he's doing, um, I'm surprised that they, you know, obviously I'm not surprised because they branched off into his own brand or whatever, so they just don't have the full, um, you know, motor running um, that they did at the beginning when he used to have the, he could, they kind of took the LeBron model where they went the signature totally. and, and then the, Mm-hmm. The playoff shoe, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying, with the soldier line, and then he, you know, so they were already doing that, and um, you know, I wouldn't mind seeing it come back, but I think you know, still, so Steph is up there, um, uh, definitely. I think because he changed the game <laughs> so much, anyway, um, you can't, you can't, you can't ignore him. Um, and then who else we got? Some other guards, you know. I know Paul George is a wing guard, whatever, you know. Uh, kept talking about him, but he's still not. He's not bigger than Kyrie, um, you know what I mean? And um, Kyrie actually has – does Kyrie have more? Yeah, Kyrie's on like seven or eight right now, eight. Um, and what is Paul George on, like five or six? Indeed. Um, so either way, um, that's going on. And um, Well, Tony, you being the collector, I have to ask because um, you have said this before of how monumental the year of 1996 was. And I'm wondering, in that collection that you have, do you have a pair of Magic Johnson MVPs in that joint? I'm just asking. I don't think so. <laughs> um, they probably take up a bunch of room <laughs> because they're so bulky. But um, so yeah, the I greatest do recall. point guard, arguably one of the greatest point guards of all time. Um, you know, anyone who wants to go independent, i.e. you in athletics, but he has a history and so forth. But Magic decided, um, you can Google it, in 96 to make a very – um, pseudo version of the uh, Jordan 11 at that time and even the colorways with the he had a white Columbia he had a black and red he had a Space Jam light colorway even before Jordan brand and Nike at time even made a Space Jam cut colorway and um, they were extremely bulky and um, uncomfortable and they were even a Foot Locker exclusive before they eventually ended up being at Kmart but they were really pushed when he came back 
um, from his retirement to come back to the Lakers, and it was um, an ultimate fail, definitely. Not when it's a signature moment. Yeah, I just remember the print ads from the magazines um, with the the MVP uh, logo and, you know, that shoe being so bulky, it just reminded me of that Apex um, Carl Malone <laughs> Barrel Bad shoe. It was almost still down the line of the uh, the which I would compare the Apex to the Carl Canaz. Mm-hmm. So we're talking about the ninety six mm-hmm. draft. There goes mm-hmm. John Waller. Mm-hmm. John uh, Wallace that had that signature shoe but with Carl Canai. Um again that was the same that was the same draft. And that draft actually um if you look at the that picture uh, of the the iconic slam cover, you'll notice that Ray Allen is actually wearing Fila mm-hmm. because he was supposed to sign with Fila and have his own signature shoe. Um, but that deal um, didn't go the the way that it needed to because Fila wasn't going to call up the money. They didn't think that he was going to be who he was. So um, and then he joins, ends up joining after his rookie year, the the wave of uh, Jordan brand athletes. So, what yeah. is the most um, infamous drops? in just signature sneakers in particular, not just NBA, but um, I think of Manny Pacquiao losing his deal. Um, think of someone who, who did something just agrees just, just to lose a great deal that was so impactful or influential in this sport. But Manny, Manny Pacquiao is, is the first person that comes to mind when I think they think of that. Yeah, I mean, you know, it wasn't a shoe, but you know, Nike and Lance Armstrong was a, mm. you know, that they 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 put so much behind that guy. The whole live strong. Dude, you, we we all ran wristband, the little wristbands because of the the yellow long mm-hmm. live strong, um, um, you know, Lance Armstrong um, campaigns or whatever. So, um, yeah, that and you know, there's so many other um, instances. But the point is. Think about our era and what I wanted to make before we wrap up uh, is, you know, not everyone, at least in our era, stayed with the same brand anyway, right? Um, so sometimes you, your contract was up, whether the performance or not, you know, and um, I'm just going to swing it back around because I know this is not a guard, but very relevant to the Soul Material podcast. Let's talk about our uh, representative of our namesake, Chris Weber, mm. <laughs> uh, um, because mm. how many brands um, um, did we see Chris um, go through and have a you know basically a signature shoe with does, like does anyone three pass or our four brands? Does anyone past our generation know who, what even Dada is? No, because it, it was uh, uh, um. <laughs> It was a era within its own, um, and they didn't last very <laughs> but so long um, with the Dada's. Um, it, Dada's is, if you Google the Velour era, it, Dada's is in that timeline. Um, because Chris Webber almost signed with no limit at one point for a sneaker deal. Like it was, you're talking about a dude that was just volatile as far as he was grabbing whatever bag that he can yeah, get. Yeah, but you know, and see where was rocking the converse and that was around the same time that 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 the no limit was translating into the converse deals mm-hmm. that were exclusively at like Foot Locker and finish line um because there was well, no limit had about four shoes at least and they had a couple athletes that would yeah. wear them because they they were giving them the shoes in their locker rooms like they were yeah. sending them to them so um i yeah. forgot the a couple of players even played for um the wizards at the time um I don't know if it was Tyrone Nesby, I, I, I believe, that um, they thought he had a deal and he ended up getting a deal because they were sending him shoes and he will rock them. And, and they saw the dividends of him just wearing them even in the D.C. area for that time period. 
Um, so just just interesting um, yeah so i mean when c web you know you had your signatures with nike because you came into the league with nike because that was the claim to fame with the fab five black nikes black nike socks um, and then you know you transitioned over to you know because you because c web was conscious of how much money they cost you know and he wanted his shoe to be affordable you know that's when we get into the fila side um you know um, maybe one day, you, you know, we could work with Fila, another brand, and we could bring back the Flying Fortresses. Um, that was a classic one. Um, and then there was a there was some some converse going on, um, uh, action going on as, as well. And then going over to to Sacramento, got into the Dada era, <laughs> you know, with the extra shiny uh, <laughs> shiny spin, shoes spin and velour wheels. suits. Um, yeah, it, the spinning wheels came with the. Uh, Wells when he was over there too um, with, with Dada and um, yeah, C-Web you ended up by the time you was doing your runs in Philly and Detroit you was wearing AIs because yep. Um, yep. you, was, you was rocking uh, Reebok so um, amazing how that goes but not everyone in these brands they don't they don't they don't have the longevity with you uh, so they're with they're there to get the max out of you and then move on to the next thing. So, you know, just like like I was mentioning Spreewell, yeah, Spreewell, you know, he was a, um, you know, a big um, face for and one as well, um, you know, before he, uh, you know, did the Dada um, with this, with the the spinning wheels, because technically that's kind of his thing with his, because uh, he invented the spinning wheels. Um, and, um, but Spreewell, I keep mentioning him because one of my top five shoes, like ever, I don't care what model it is, is the Converse, the Cons mm. uh, Acropolis. Mm. Um, okay, and that was uh, a Harachi style uh, Converse shoe that um, Spreewell, aka the the landlord, um, that he he rocked. You know, but you know, again, we could keep going because now I'm talking about Converse, and I'd be like, oh, what about the the Kevin Johnson uh, uh, Cons? Because he had about three of them as well. Um, you know what I'm saying? Like and you know that that era. Uh, you know Kevin Johnson had uh, had one with Fila as well. Um, you know what I'm saying? Uh, Hershey Hawkins had a Fila signature shoe. Um, Maul Mashburn. I still, you know, I'm just naming stuff that's in my collection now too <laughs> with the Mashburns. Um, Baron Davis it, joints. Baron Davis uh, Reeboks. Um, Stevie Franchise Reeboks. Um, uh, I got a pair of Glenn. Look right now, I got a pair of Glenn Rice Nauticas in my collection right now. <laughs> so that's that's how. How hard I go, but you know, again, because I like everyone's, you know, and I always try to get the first shoe. Like even though I didn't like the, the first Chris Paul um, Jordan brand, wasn't that great? But you know, still, it's still a, it was still the first shoe. Um, the first I mean? one I remember were the New Orleans joints, the all black patent leather with the Mardi Gras on, on the mm-hmm. sides. Um, that was the first one that, I, that caught my yeah. eye. I thought that. I mean, we act like D Wade didn't have one. Here we go. D Wade had a. a Oh, um, he had two um, signatures on Jordan Brand. You know, um, one of them was on Nike ID. You, I mean, you could have ID'd him. So that's how how much it was. Um, and that's why when we're talking about Kyrie, this is not new. There's nothing new under the sun with this nature of the business of the contract expiring. Um, but um, you just don't see it as often um, the comings and goings um, because. Unless you're the signature, there's no in between anymore, right? There's no in between or the mid level signature people. Either you got you're in the top five with the signatures, or you're just wearing customs and IDs and 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 whatever they send you um, um, on the court. Um, but 
So really quick before we close, Tony, let's go a little bit. Um, a pardon interruption right now. What's the over under of uh, Kyrie getting signed um, by another company, shoe company, um, before he retires after this Nike contract expires? So my contingency is what team is he going to play for? Because um, I'm asking what market he's going to be in, hmm. right? Um, so, you know, I think that – Kyrie could stand to get out of the uh, I feel like he might do better if he was in a smaller market or not the mega market like New York um, you know maybe other market somewhere um, um, that, that might might work for him um, a little bit more. Charlotte would be perfect yeah I mean Charlotte again um, and that's why I said the south um, it don't have to be a small town but um, just more personable um, community oriented um, like I felt like the connection he had to Boston was is way better than what he has to Brooklyn, right? Facts. Think about the community. Think about all those concepts, um, collaborations, the Krispy Kremes, the Kyrispy Kremes. They had donut trucks going around. Like they, you connected it. So, so for the audience, that's what I'm talking about. That connection that 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 you had to the community, to the people of the culture, um, all of the above, and that's what's missing right now with his stint in Brooklyn. You don't, you're not connected all the way around, you know? And now the, I guess the question is, will he reconnect to uh, get a new sneaker deal? And we well, shall see. Yeah, and but does he want a deal? Uh, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Um, and because um, it feels like the next deal is just going to be more about money than anything else. It's not going to be about brand and all this other stuff like, you, you know, um, I would take Kyrie as someone that would want to do a D Wade Lee Ning thing and take ownership in the next deal, not just because you talked everything that you talk right now. Then that should be how you're approaching the next deal. Is that you don't want to just slap your name on something. You want some. I would think that you would want some type of ownership and something that you can control and change and have stake for the future. Um, that you have say so in, and then you won't ever have to be in this situation again because you're in you're in charge. So. Chinese brand, to be honest with you, um, I would wouldn't mind seeing him connect to his Australia roots um, mm. and do some type of deal that you know that we don't even see anymore <laughs> uh, over here in the states. And then you go thing globally, uh, you know what I'm saying? Because uh, that's where the long money is. Because again, Kyrie, you're probably not gonna be the guy to transition to all this lifestyle stuff. You know what I mean? So just stick to the performance and make the money, help the communities, do some global stuff. Understood. That's where we're at. Understood. Well, hey, until next time, it is your man, the OGEO. Yep, and T-Mark the Street Short. Peace out. All right. Follow-up by Weber. Chris Weber. So Weber and Howard each with four. Come out of it. It's still eight to two. Nearly three minutes gone by. Weber, no look to Howard, and he converts. Brilliant play, and we talked earlier tonight about it.